Welcome to Two Cents. Um, I'm your co-host, Sky, here with Eli, but we also have two very special guests with us, if y'all want to introduce yourselves. Yeah, uh, I'm Sienna, special guest <laughs> from Beyond the Grave. Uh, I'm Abby. That's it. I'm Eli, I'm not a guest, just a co-host. But we're really excited. It's been a while since we last hosted an episode of Two Cents. I know that everyone's had finals and a million different things happened since then. We have a really good episode and some wacky submissions. So as always, just take our advice with a grain of salt and uh, remember that if you have any questions that you want us to answer, you can submit them at the link below, which will be right below uh, this podcast on the Voice website. So Sky, if you want to read the very first submission, we can get going. Yes. Here we go. My roommate has been dropping hints left and right that they are interested in a relationship with me, but we have never actually done anything. I think, stuck in quarantine, this is really the best shot we're going to get. As I see it, what is there to lose? So how do you shoot your shot at your roommate? From Roommate Rendezvous. Oh boy. <laughs> you can't see Sienna's face right now, <laughs> but it was one a mixture of shock and disgust maybe i would not say disgust. mostly shock more just like why on earth would you say that you have nothing to lose in that situation like it feels like like the whole stuck in quarantine thing there's two issues like the stuck in quarantine and the whole should i date my roommate thing and they're like separate but very intertwined here in a way that I don't know, man. I think, honestly, this depends know. a little bit on geography. If you're in one of those states all the way open already, and you have, like, an out, maybe, maybe, eh, probably still don't pursue it. But if you're in, like, I don't know, New York, or at least downstate New York, and you know it's a while until there's any chance of having anywhere else to live, don't even think about it. But even if you're in a state that's already reopened, what do you have to gain here? A relationship. At what cost? I don't understand why they're like, this person is dropping hints left and right, but they think they have to shoot their shot. They could just wait, right? I mean, what are they dropping? How does one drop hints to a roommate? I feel like those could easily be confused. I could just refill, like with roommates, anything could be hints. Like refilling the water bottle when it runs out. (laughs) Taking out the trash. Yeah. Personally, I'm bad at picking up on hints, so I'm probably not the best person to ask for this one. I wish we had more like info what are these hints yeah i feel like that's a pretty crucial detail because it's like oh did they give you like a saucy look or did they like actually say something that made you think you know dropping hints is is pretty vague i think Mm. what do you guys think is it ever acceptable to try to shoot your shot with your roommate or is it just never a good idea i can't think of a situation where it is a good idea Unless you're, like, on your way out, like what we were just saying, and then you can be like, there's something I've been wanting to tell you for such a long time, and then you can just yeet out the door, like, once you're set to move or whatever. But if not, I just, like, like what Sienna said, there's so much to lose (laughs) in that scenario. I mean, how would you guys feel, like, if you were in a pretty stable roommate situation, and then your roommate tried shooting your shot with you, like, just flat, like, no hints or anything, but just flat out, like, said it. I would feel so strange. I would feel, like, very overwhelmed, because I feel like even if you 
also have feelings for that person, like, even if it is, like, welcome on that basis, that's basically taking a relationship from, like, non-existent in a romantic way to living together. Like, you're very much skipping all the steps that come in between there, and then you just have nowhere to go that's private then like I'm I'm envisioning this as probably like they're in a dorm somewhere or something or they're off campus at Georgetown that's just my assumption from what I when I heard it that could be totally untrue um but yeah if it's just like the two of you in a room during quarantine like that in a normal situation you would still not have your own space to come back to but now like if you're just fully existing in that space then you truly have nowhere to go um not even if things go wrong even if things are going well like you just there's no boundary of I don't know when you're dating someone like you start out or at least I start out like being a little guarded right you're not like okay let's get in pajamas together or like let's spend all our time together I don't know like that just disappears so I just feel like it's really overwhelming I don't know in a strange way though like you could look at it as in you know you have been living together like you know what it's like to live together. You have already seen this person, like, you know, in pajamas or no makeup or in various states of, you know, whatever. And so in that way, it's strange also in that, like, you already kind of know to a certain extent your compatibility with this person. Um, But yeah, I still think, yeah, just if you changed a roommate relationship from roommates to being you know romantic kind of what we were all just hinting at but then every time you see this person now and share the space like it's just going to feel so different whether or not your actions might be different or you feel like now you need to be a different kind of roommate to this person like again you just what Sienna was saying you just wouldn't really kind of feel the same walking around your own space because it also just like can I don't know if everyone feels this way as well but in my opinion like it cannot just be casual then like you have to be in a relationship with that person like you can't bring someone back to the room when you're dating your roommate like you (laughs) I don't know like it just it has to be like okay now we're gonna be in a relationship like we can't really date so much or or I guess it depends on if you view dating as inherently exclusive. I don't know if you guys have thoughts. I'm just wondering about the practical element of this. Because they say, how do you shoot your shot at your roommate? I mean, during quarantine, you can't ask them out to dinner. So do you ask them to like a different room of your apartment? <laughs> and if it's like a one room dorm, what do you do? You ask them to like the, the shared bathroom or something? I'm really concerned about how they're planning on doing this. That's what I want your guys' thoughts on. How, okay, let's put all of that aside for a second. And all that's really fair. This is an awful idea. But let's just say it's not for a second. How would you actually practically accomplish asking out someone who lives about 10 feet from you? I think it would be so funny, like, because again, the only way I can think of is like what you're saying, like, when would you finally be able to go to dinner or something like that? <laughs> it would be really funny if you just said like, hey, you know, when this whole thing is, is over, would you want to get dinner sometime? And then you just have to go through like two more months knowing <laughs> that this is how this person feels and this is the expectation, but not acting on it. <laughs> you know, so many people are using this pandemic is an excuse to ask people out roommates or not i've seen this across social media 
people are just feel newly empowered to ask people out by using the pandemic as an excuse. Like, we're in scary times, so we should go through them together. Which I just think, <laughs> that's a bad idea, roommate or not. Just because there's, like, I don't know, global tor turmoil doesn't mean that they want you any more than they did before. Just don't use the pandemic as an excuse to ask someone out. That's my PSA for the day. Eli, without, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but I do know that you've had an experience with someone towards the beginning of, uh, of all this, you know, trying to shoot their shot. They did. Should I just, can I read the text on the podcast or is that too much? Let's do it. We're trying to get hits, aren't we? I'm not going to include any personal information. Let me find it. Keep talking while I, I, I had to search my text history. You keep sending me examples of, like, people asking each other out, and I just, like, can't believe that. It's like, who wants to be in a long-distance relationship while also in a pandemic? I agree 100%. I also have another question for this whole situation, and it does kind of apply to how we're talking about the logistics of asking somebody out, but... What if it is a situation where, like, they're in a Berleith house or something and there are multiple roommates? Like, do other people not have to deal with your bullshit as well? <laughs> like, if that's not fair to them either, let alone whether it's, you know, fair to the roommate who may or may not be sending you hints. Because mm, then you're, like, suddenly quarantining with a couple when you were not before. I have found it. Here we go. Hey, this is Blank from Blank Class. We were in the same study group together, remember me? And I was like, yes, I do. And they were like, everything's crazy, dude. With all this world-ending apocalypse shit going on, it really had me thinking about taking more chances and seizing more opportunities. So I just wanted to see if you wanted to go out sometime when we're back at Georgetown. Okay, this was in March. There's like, if I said yes, there'd be like a seven-month waiting period or more or less, who knows, where, I don't know. What do you do? Is it just like seven months of texting and FaceTiming without having gone on a single in-person date? I don't know what that person wanted. It put me in an awkward situation, and I'm sure it would make anybody else uncomfortable too, most likely, if you're asking them out right now, using that as an excuse. So yeah, I recommend that people don't do it, unless you feel very, very confident that they know you well, and not just someone that you've been in a study group with one time. And also, don't ask people out who have significant others. Maybe they didn't know. It's one of those things where it's like, maybe seven months? No, I'm just kidding. Like, maybe that's what they're thinking. They're like, their relationship is vulnerable now. <laughs> they're planning ahead. You know what, man? I respect that. They're trying to get on the waiting list. <laughs> what do you think? I was going to say, what do you think about Zoom dates? I haven't or been on one. Slash FaceTime dates. I think it depends Zoom on if you're... Yeah, dates? exactly. If it's a first date or if it's someone you're already in a relationship with. I just don't understand. I mean, I feel like a major barrier with any kind of video chatting is getting that like human response and like reading people's facial cues. And with that little delay, it still throws everything off. So sensing if you actually have chemistry with someone over video chat is really, really difficult. And yeah, that's why shout out anyone who's ever, I don't know, started dating someone that they met on any kind of online medium without meeting them in person and actually was able to sustain that. Because I can only imagine it's very difficult. I remember when I first heard about this, especially, like, I totally understand if you're in a long-distance relationship or if you're just quarantined in separate places and you're trying to have, like, you know, uh, specified Zoom dates. 
but the whole idea of actually going on like your first date with someone or really meeting someone online and then just talking to them over zoom at first did sound so strange to me but now as the quarantine progresses you know I'm just like you know I'm so bored (laughs) like I get it now it would be a really good distraction (laughs) and then especially if you like weren't not that you weren't committed to the person but maybe you weren't sure if you like actually wanted a relationship yet or something it's kind of nice that like if you just turn off your computer like that's it like you don't really need to (laughs) which is not super healthy but like you know if you really were just like I don't really like want to deal with this right now or something like there's so many degrees of separation so I guess that's the benefit but yeah I just feel like now I understand I'm like you know I'm so bored I could see it being interesting circling back here I found more texts from that same encounter oh it gets worse unfortunately hey blank I'm really flattered blah 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 I have a girlfriend see you around campus and stay safe then she's like it's all good dude if you ever get bored and want to try something new, I'm here, winky emoji. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta take the loss and move on. That's just general advice for life, and specifically relationships. I don't know. I just, if I ever am in a study group with that person again, it, it will be awkward. I just don't understand why some people can't just take the loss. Doubling down there. Almost respected if it didn't may put me in the most awkward situation ever. Okay, so my PSA is do not ask people out over text in general. And definitely don't ask people out over text when they have a significant other. That's my second PSA of the podcast. That's great advice. Thank you. Do you think it's ever, do any of you think it's ever acceptable to ask someone out over text? Or do you think always in person? I feel like... Since I'm, like, somebody who uses Tinder, that's, like, the only option most of the time. So, like, asking somebody out is fine, as long as they don't have a significant other. Yeah, I think text is fine. Like, if it's someone that you see all the time, and they're a close friend, or you just have class with them, like, like this person or whatever, and they absolutely could ask you in person, and then they choose to ask you over text, it's kind of like... Ah, that's like, I don't know, you chicken out a little bit. Not saying that I might not do the same thing, because I'm not, like, super brave or whatever, but if it's a situation like Abby was saying, where either you have not met them in person yet, or your predominant form of communication is text, then it's like, I think that's fine. I don't know. I think, like, in a way, it's also, this might be, like, a weird perspective to have on this, but it's kind of like a courtesy to them, because when you ask somebody out in person, you're really, like, putting them on the spot. And it's easier for somebody to, like, say no over text or, like, think of a way to, like, like, be nicer about it. So, like, it's, like, good for you, but also good for them, maybe. Yeah, I agree, Abby. It's really tough. That's why, um, I feel like you need to really choose the medium that you ask someone out on. Like, for example, if you know them from one of your classes, it might be fitting to do it on, like, the Google Docs chat on the side, because that's a medium that's familiar to you. If you know them from, like, I don't know, the early 2000s, ask them out on MySpace. If they like your tweets a lot, ask them out over the, over the Twitter DMs. What you really what about, need to do is tailor it to them. I was talking about, I said, like, you know, it's not good to ask people out in person all the time. Because it's harder to say no. What about private Zoom chats? 
one slip up and you text everyone in the class love these high stakes for romance but that's like also bad because like the person who owns or like is has control of the zoom can see all the private chats so like they will be in your business is that true i've heard it's true i hope it's not true because i've said a lot of things i really hope it's not true (laughs) like i've said things that are not printable but I think that if that's actually true, because I've made fun of professors in direct Zoom chats and they would call me out on it. Or maybe they're just boomers and don't know how to access that. Yeah, maybe they just don't read it. They can also see when you like minimize the tab and you have it like minimized for over 30 seconds, which I didn't know. I found that out. That was very sad for me. I remember we were talking with some other people in the voice about this and someone said oh it's only when they share their screen and you don't have the window open and i was like what's your point <laughs> because just because they're sharing their screen doesn't mean i feel like i have any more obligation to have the window up you know i had a traumatic experience on zoom today actually on zoom yesterday uh sky i think you already heard about this so as part of my campaign, I um, oversee a group of high schoolers. So all the high schoolers were there, and, you know, we were just chatting. And I took a sip from a Capri Sun, you know, like a normal 20-year-old rising college senior. And then one of the high school students was like, this man is a senior in college, and he's drinking a Capri Sun. And I was like, yes, is there anything wrong with that? And then they started calling me Capri Sun Boy, and then today they hijacked the Zoom. They hijacked the Zoom. And changed my name to Capri Sunboy. <laughs> I'm just, you know, this is a campaign about inclusion and, you know, acceptance of our backgrounds, no matter what we are, our creeds, regardless of the drinks that we drink. So I think that these high schoolers, they need to learn a lesson. I tried to be cool by learning about TikTok and bringing it up today, and it, it didn't work. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not in a position for, for leader, leadership. Maybe it wasn't cu- I wasn't cut out for it. At least they're not middle schoolers. I feel like they're even meaner. That's 100% true. I used to tutor middle schoolers, and they would, like, end my life on a weekly basis. They, they know your deepest insecurity. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's impressive. Should we move on to the next question? Yeah, I guess what was our conclusion? Just don't do it. Don't no. do it. Don't. But if you do it, tell us how it goes. Submit another <laughs> question. We really want updates. But yeah, don't do it. Okay, Sky, you want to read the next one? Or anybody? Yes. I would like to point out the next one does just say sex. So we're going to skip over that one. Just one word. Abby, why would you submit to a podcast that you're on? (laughs) Uh. So here's the next one. I'm 19 and I have never had a girlfriend. I'm waiting until marriage for sex, which makes it exceptionally difficult to find a partner at Georgetown. In fact, when I bring up the fact that I will not have sex with them, girls at parties are typically disgusted and turn away. How can I find an accepting girlfriend at Georgetown from a non-mouse? I feel like their first problem is that they're looking for relationships at parties, which is not where relationships begin. Typically. Yeah, and a deeper problem there is that they bring up during what sounds like their first conversation, the fact that they yeah. won't have sex with them. I don't think anybody is expecting that, and maybe I'm going to the wrong produce, but that's not usually the first thing you talk about when you're doing small talk. So that just might be a general tip. I don't know. Talk about the weather. 
That's always a good small talk topic, not whether you'll have sex with them. That's a little too fast. What did it say? Did it say, like, the the girls he talked to were, like, disgusted by it or something? Uh, it says that girls at parties are typically disgusted and turn away when I bring up the fact that I will not have sex with them. Disgusted seems like an odd reaction to have, just, like, somebody telling you that. This is a self-roast. This entire post is a self-roast. I just keep on going back to Eli's point, and I'm just trying to imagine different scenarios at a party that would lead up to this kind of conversation. Like, for this person, it's clearly happened multiple times, but I just can't hear anything. By the way, like, I haven't been to too many parties where people start talking about sex. I mean, there have been a few, but, like, in just what world, you're talking one-on-one, like, by the way, you and me, not gonna happen. Well, I think, like, one situation would be if you had been talking to someone at a party and they were like, hey, do you want to come back to mine? And then you're like, no, or, you know, sure, but, like, this is not gonna happen, whatever. And then they're like, whoa, no, you know, or, or some sort of bad reaction, which, like, doesn't justify the bad reaction, but at least might explain how it could come up. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, I knew somebody at Georgetown who was also waiting until marriage, and she had, like, similar issues, but she mostly, like, was on, like, dating apps and stuff, and guys would, like, send her really weird messages, like, because it said in her profile, like, waiting until marriage. So, I think, like, Georgetown and, like, college in general can be, like, a very difficult place to find people who also, like, want to do that. And it's interesting because you would think, like, because Georgetown is a Catholic school that you would find more people who would feel that way, because not that it's, like, exclusive to Catholicism or any one religion, but because the school does have, like, a religious bent or, like, might attract more religious people than, like, I don't know, Penn State or somewhere where it's known for, like, a lot of parties and a lot of frat culture and stuff like that. Like, you would think that barring, like, a religious call, like, a small, you know, super super religious college that a religious school like Georgetown would attract more like-minded people but I've never looked for that so I guess I can't speak to that um I know that there are like certain groups at Georgetown just like having had friends in those groups like some that are more religiously oriented and like obviously it doesn't mean it applies to everyone in these groups or even the majority but I definitely like know people who like are also interested in waiting for a marriage or definitely considering it who do tend to be more part of certain religious groups at Georgetown um and so again like like that like that could help you find like-minded people but again like I wouldn't just roll up to a religious group who's not super interested like you know just to see if you can get someone who's also not really interested in having sex um, but yeah, just like knowing that there are like certain communities and things like that on campus. Because yeah, it's also not clear whether this person has religious motivations behind it. Like they didn't specify. Um, so you could be totally non-religious and then might not like if you, the only thing you have in common is that you're waiting for marriage. Like that's not really a foundation for a relationship. Mm, I have an answer and a question. I feel like Christian Mingle might be a good option for this person. I have not personally used this website. I'm more familiar with Farmers Only personally. But um, Christian Mingle might be a good option. My question is, do Christian couples sex like really religious ones that are waiting until marriage? And if so, what about? What do you guys think? 
us the four experts on that topic specifically. I know the least, okay? Well, maybe not the least, but I think I know very little about Christian couple sexting. It's just a thought I had. Because if they're waiting until marriage, there's nothing that says you can't sext about it. I think it, I think it's so interesting because couples who wait until marriage, like, I feel like there's such a spectrum because there's the stereotypical association that their relationship is then, like, totally asexual. Um, but they're obviously still, I mean, and that could be the case, you could be in an asexual relationship, but you're more like like you could also just be really attracted to that person anyway and not acting on it physically and I think it comes down to whether like you consider sexual thoughts to also be sins outside the context of marriage or if you are like engaged to that person or like know for a fact that you will marry them um if that changes things as well or if it's like I don't know like as your relationship progresses you you develop different kind of boundaries and rules with that I think it's super interesting because I don't think that like Christian couples who are waiting for marriage are like by nature sexless. I just think it kind of depends on, you know, why, what your motivations are for waiting. Like, is it because you think it's a sin or is it because you just think I want to save myself for that like special person, but I have nothing against sex and sexuality and expressions of it. And so I feel like when you're in a more committed, even if not marriage relationship than like those boundaries or thoughts kind of change potentially i'm thinking of the that youtube channel with the two girls who are sisters and they made like a lot of wait is it girl defined yeah girl defined like one of them they waited till marriage to like kiss their husband and i was like (laughs) interesting i think that's like that's the very far end of the spectrum i'm just wondering i mean it sounds like this person has multiple experiences with uh, getting rejected at parties for this specific approach. So maybe it's not the idea that they are completely opposed to dating someone or even just, I don't know about this person's personal opinion towards hookups or uh, hookups without sex, but I think maybe they should question their approach and think about how they're conveying their own uh, religious opinions and how they're trying to uh, make sure that everyone else knows, or at least the person that they're talking to, knows that they're willing to have a cross-cultural dialogue. Because I feel like even though it is a view that's accepted at Georgetown, that someone's waiting till marriage, I think they still are a very small minority. So it might just be explaining where you're coming from and um, getting out in front of that, but also not jumping the gun and making that the first thing you talk about. So without any further details, it's kind of tough to... to give specific advice on how to improve that. But I don't think this person's without hope. And whoever this person is, please give us an update when slash if you find a partner. I was going to say, there are dating apps that are more geared towards, like, relationships too, like Bumble. That's the extent of my knowledge. Christian Mingle. Hinge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that some of these dating apps right now, though, mid-quarantine, are they still as active or are they more active what's so interesting on hinge there's an option where if you're talking to someone you can click a button that says like like i don't know the exact wording but it's like ready to date virtually and it won't show up to the other person unless they've also clicked that button so when you both click the button then it's like oh haha like we both mutually agreed without having to alert the other person um or you know i shot my shot and they didn't and they they'll never know and stuff 
um, which I think is super interesting. And I don't know, I've never done it. I just like saw it pop up. Um, so I don't know like what the next step is, like if they do anything to facilitate that virtual date or if they just use that as kind of a signal or a barometer. But I thought that was super interesting. It is interesting. I wonder after you do that, and you both do that, is there like a ready for virtual marriage button that shows up and you guys have to both <laughs> click it? I'm curious about, you heard about Facebook dating, something that I don't know any single person that's actually on. What? But they have a feature, yeah. Is that like a dating app? Mm-hmm. Using Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there's a feature called Secret Crush where you just set someone as your secret crush and if they set you as their secret crush, you both get notified. So... I think until it's being used more widespread, it's doubtful that that'll actually cause any relationships. But I'm just curious. I mean, are there people out there who have like 30, 40, 50 secret crushes and they're just waiting on their phone all day and waiting for that notification? I want to see what it actually looks like when you do it. I want to try it out. This sounds like great for middle schoolers. I was going to say, if people like cotton on to that from my high school I could totally imagine doing what Eli was saying everyone just picking like a bunch of different secret crushes and other people going on and like people posting screenshots of like if they matched with just like a bunch of meme comments underneath that would be so much fun though (laughs) Scott can I set you as my secret crush I want to see what it like how it works okay you upset me too I think also the funny thing about Facebook and like The reason basically why I'm still on Facebook is that I really like the private niche meme groups. Like, I feel like especially if you're, like, older Gen Z or, like, young millennial, that's, like, you know, uh, that's, like, kind of one of the main draws of Facebook, considering it's mostly older people or especially compared to something like Twitter or Snapchat. Um, But I think, like, it is interesting in that, like, Facebook does, especially for younger people, has this appeal of really grouping people together by common interests. And I mean, you can see it also through like things like Tumblr also. Like I know, especially like, or I know certain people who like would meet people and develop like really close friendships with them over Tumblr or things like that in high school. Um, And going back, but going back to the Facebook thing specifically, I'm literally part of a group called NumTinder. And it's so there's there's a group called Num Tots. It's a huge meme group on Facebook about uh, memes about urbanism and public transportation. And then someone made an offshoot called Num Tinder, and literally it's just a bunch of people essentially just posting a t- a Tinder profile as like as a Facebook post in this group and then people just like comment like you know they'll have like a full bio about themselves and some people will comment on like a really niche thing or they'll be like oh I'm also in this city or some people will be like you know I like your shoes and then other times just people being like wow you're pretty and it's just so wild to like have it be such a like it makes sense in that it's people who have this shared interest who like also you, you don't necessarily have to worry about like harassing someone that you would see on a normal meme page because you know that these people also are like interested in dating and you know those things but the fact that it's such a public thing is so strange and interesting and just like you can see everyone else that's interested you can see everyone that's interested in you like you don't have to worry about the the swiping or whatever I've seen like a lot of good conversation especially I was shook because I saw someone I had known from a past life post something on it it's like but like 
you know, you can see a lot of really interesting conversations unfold. And then sometimes people will even post things on it like, oh, we met one year ago on this Facebook page and now, like, <laughs> we're dating. <laughs> but, oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. That was just a long thing. There are many different, like, virtual outlets for this kind of matchmaking. I'm going to post my Tinder profile onto my, just like on my Facebook feed and see who responds. They didn't let me sign up for Facebook dating because I'm, I have like a relationship status that I'm in a relationship, which is, <laughs> that's pretty. What about open relationships? Is that not exclusionary to polyamorous people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, what are the Facebook relationship settings? Like, can you set it? I mean, not that you want to do that, because I think it would announce it publicly, but I'm just saying, is there an option to set, like, in an open relationship with so-and-so? <laughs> yes, there is. Oh, interesting. So maybe it would like, work what if, if you change it? I mean, don't do... I wouldn't... No, 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 no. I want to see what happens. Let me change it. <laughs> Eli, what if you change it to, like, it's complicated? <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I'm going to change it to open relationship. She'll, she'll be understanding. Why is so nosy? I just want to see if it works, how this thing works. Carmen would definitely appreciate the meme. I'm going to end my relationship just because I'm trying to join Facebook dating. It'll be the first relationship ended over a podcast. I wonder if anyone's ever broken up with someone over a podcast. It definitely had to happen, right? Probably. That's awful. I can't think of a worse forum. Eh, Google Docs chat. I just wonder, I mean, if Facebook dating becomes prevalent, I feel like they should have an option to exclude all your friends because I, I don't know. To each their own, but I wouldn't want to see my friends on a dating app. Well, I think it depends on if you're talking about your friends or your Facebook friends, you know? That's you know? true. Because it's a like, I don't want to see my, like, next-door neighbor, but some people I'm friends with on Facebook, like, who knows? That's yeah. true. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Two Cents, and thank you to our illustrious guests, who we hope to have back soon for their wonderful advice. Remember, if you ever want to submit any kind of question for us or a comment or an update. We love updates and we haven't gotten any, so we don't know if we love them yet. Please, there's a link right below where you're listening to this podcast, or if you're listening to it on a different medium, go to the Georgetown Voice website, look for podcasts, look at the link and click on it and fill out the Google form. It takes about one minute and we'll definitely get to your question soon. So Sky, if there's anything you want to say to wrap it up, no, I'm all set. Thank you so much for listening. Yep. Well, signing off, Abby and Sienna, anything? Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Thank you for coming. Okay, everyone, stay safe and healthy. Farewell. Mm-hmm.